All right, guys. Well, we're continuing on studying prayer. We finished the pastoral epistles, and so usually between books, um, I like to do just a few like topicals. We've been talking about prayer lately, um, so we're going to continue uh, in that vein today, and then also the next two Sundays. Next Sunday, we're going to look at Matthew chapter six, the model prayer that Jesus basically told his followers in response to the Pharisees praying incorrectly. <laughs> so we're going to look at that next Sunday. Last Sunday of the month, we're going to talk about uh, John chapter 17, where it's Jesus, Jesus prays for himself, he prays for his disciples, he prays for the world. And then in November, I'm just giving you a, like a sneak peek of what we're doing. In November and part of December, we're going through the, uh, the book of Jonah, minor prophet Jonah, and uh, in the beginning of the year, we're going to start the gospel of Luke. So, uh, But right now, we are uh, the first verse that we're actually going to look at, the first scripture is... 1 Chronicles 29, 10 to 13. And prayer opens the door for God to do a powerful work in lives. Right? Like, we'll now talk about three subjects regarding prayer this morning. The purpose, number one. Like, what's the intent of prayer? The plan, number two. Examples of how to pray. And number three, the promise. Why, why pray? The blessings of prayer. Now, ultimately, prayer is our most powerful weapon in this spiritual battle that we are actually in. E.M. Bounds, one of my favorite authors on prayer, he wrote about eight books on prayer. He said this, he said, God shapes the world by prayer. The more praying there is in the world, the better the world will be. The mightier the forces against evil. S.D. Gordon said, the great commentator, preacher, he said, the great people of the earth today are people who pray, not those who talk about prayer. So with prayer, we can read all day about it and talk about it, right? Seeking God all the time. Uh, but are we seeking the Lord? Like, we can talk about it, we can read about it, but are we doing it? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, we often get good ideas or we get inspired by something. You know when you're a kid, you just get inspired by everything? It's like you watch a firefighter movie, you're like, I want to be a firefighter. You watch whatever, you just watch something, you just get inspired. You're like, I want to do that. Oftentimes, there's no follow-through, though, right? We could talk about it, we could um, think about it, we could read about it but are we taking action and doing it, right? So let's, let's pray, and then we're going to get into it this morning. Well, again, Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your word. We just thank you for the privilege that we have of seeking you through Christ, Lord. We thank you that you hear our prayers, that you answer, Lord, whether it's yes, no, or maybe, or wait. Either way, Lord, we just thank you, Lord, that you hear us, that you care, that you love us. It's so mind-blowing, Lord, that we can actually talk to the living God, the creator of the universe, and that you care about what we go through, what we're facing, and you're there to help. And so we thank you for that truth and that reality, and just pray that you'd uh, go before us as we get into your word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So the purpose, the point of prayer is that we connect with God to accomplish his purposes on the earth, right? Like prayer is not about us or about our plans. It's about getting God's will done on the earth. Now, there are three expressions or forms of prayer, and this is all under the heading of purpose. There's three forms of prayer. Praise, petition, and intercession. Like prayer praises God, right? Like when our outlook of God is that he is great, he is powerful, but he is amazing, the result will be a deep inner uh, worship and adoration, a healthy awe of God. Like when God is magnified in our lives, we respond in adoration and prayer. You know, Pastor Chuck, the founder of Calvary Chapel, he said this. He said, worshiping God through prayer should become as natural as breathing in and out. <laughs> it's, it's a healthy habit to praise and thank God in prayer. Like, 
Personally, I, I need to start the day out in prayer. I love to start the day out in prayer because you never know what you're going to face. You never know what's going to happen next, right? So prayer really prepares the heart for what you're going to face. Because if I recognize my gratefulness, like I want to thank God in prayer. I don't want to just sit there whining all day. Be like, I don't have this, I don't have that, they have this, and I don't. They're, they're happy, they're better off than me. Like, I just want to thank God. Like, thank you, Lord, that I'm actually alive. Like, sometimes I'll wake up and be like, Lord, thank you for another day. You know? It's a blessing just to thank God in prayer. You know, starting out the day with the right heart, with the heart of gratitude. Um, you'll praise Him because the, the remembrance of the deep work He's doing in your life. Like, if we don't recognize that, then it's hard to be grateful because all we see is what's wrong. All we see is the problems, and we won't want to praise. But when we recognize, Lord, you've done so much in my life, I, I'm, I'm in awe. Like, I can't believe it. Thank you. Just saying thank you. And you know how that is. When someone says thank you, maybe you do something for them or help them, they, they're very grateful. That actually blesses you because you're like, well, I'm glad to do it. It's like the difference between McDonald's, McDonald's and Chick-fil-A. Right? You go to McDonald's, they don't even look at you. They throw you your food. They don't give you ketchup. They, you might be missing a couple of things. Okay? They're like, they don't even know you exist. But then you go to Chick-fil-A, they're like, hey, how can I help you? What's going on? My pleasure. Want anything else? Want a refill? Like, it's so different, right? And you're just like, I want to go there. I want to go to Chick-fil-A. They, they are so kind. And you're thankful. You're grateful. But First Chronicles, actually, chapter 29, First Chronicles 29, 10 to 13, I'm going to read this. This is David, King David, praising God. First Chronicles 29, 10 to 13, he says, Therefore David blesses the Lord before all the assembly, and David said, Blessed are you, Lord God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power and the glory, the victory and the majesty for all that is in heaven and in the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head over all. Both riches and honor come from you, and you reign over all. In your hand is power and might, and to give strength to all. Verse 13. Now therefore, our God, we thank you and praise your glorious name. <laughs> David just praised God in his prayer and recognized the many ways in which God worked. Sometimes we forget. Sometimes we don't recognize it. Sometimes we're not conscientious or conscious of it, and we just go throughout our day being like, oh, that's good that that happened, instead of being like, Lord, thank you for making that happen. <laughs> Lord, thank you for opening that door. Thank you for showing me the way. Prayer praises God. Prayer also petitions God. We bring our personal needs to God. We ask for help. We petition him. Like, let me read you Psalm 91. I'm actually reading a book on Psalm 91, verse 1 and 2. There's a whole book on it. The Secret, uh, the secret of the Secret Place. It's like, um, I don't know. It's, it's, I thought I read the best books on prayer, but this one is just blowing my mind. Um, but Psalm 91, verse 1 and 2. Psalm 91, verse 1 and 2 says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. Solomon prayed for wisdom, right? Jesus prayed for himself on the cross. Like, it's a good thing to pray for yourself. Like, we need it. We need to go to that secret place, that place where it's just you and the Lord, one-on-one, -on -one, 
all the distractions aside, phones aside, busyness, to-do lists aside, and just seeking the living God. We need that. It shows our desperations and, and dependency on God. Our, our need for God, our desperation for God, is a good reflection of, of humility. Not like, oh, God, I got this. Don't worry about it. Like, we need his leading. Prayer also intercedes with God for others. Prayer intercedes. This kind of prayer is considered labor, you know, biblically. Like when we pray intercessory prayers, we're actually reaching out beyond ourselves, right? The second greatest commandment, right, is to love your neighbor. Others matter. Others matter. Um, and I think I shared this maybe once before, but there was, a, there was a time where, I mean, my pastor, I was, a, I was an intern, you know, pastor, and my pastor always took me on, you know, uh, hospital visits and stuff like that. And we saw some rough stuff, some people in, some, in, in bad shape, people that are just about to die. And, and, and we go there, and we would usually read John chapter 3, and we would pray for the person. And, you know, a few people got saved at the end of their life. They lived a rough life on drugs the whole time, you know, just rough, really, really rough. But at the end of their life, like, do you want to receive Christ? Like, do you want to say, be saved? Do you want to? They would raise their hand like the two thieves on the cross. I mean, and, and they would accept Christ, and then they would die. And it's just like, wow, Lord. And we prayed all the way up to that point. Like, we're going to meet this person. We're going to give them the gospel. We don't know what's going to happen, but Lord, you do. So let's seek the Lord on it and give wisdom on what to say, on how to respond, on how to pray. And he does every time. Intercession, it's so incredibly important. Intercession for people around us, for our nation, for our leaders. I, uh, I used to be a youth pastor years ago, and one of the things that I would help, because every time you're in a circle with the youth, okay, what, uh, what, what can we pray for you? None of them say anything. They're just like, I'm good. Like, they don't, they're not really thinking about it. They're just like, I don't have anything to pray for. So I always would tell them this, you know, okay, okay, look at your hand. This is an easy way just to know what to pray for. Okay, your thumb, it's closest to you. Okay, so pray for those who are closest to you. You know, your finger, pointer finger, Pray for those who teach the word. You know, the, this finger, the middle finger, is the biggest finger, the longest finger, so pray for your leaders. The ring finger is the weakest finger. Pray for those who are weak, who are struggling, who have cancer, who are going through it physically. Pray for those who are weak. And then the last one, the pinky farthest away from you, pray for yourself. <laughs> but it's a good way just to remember, like, there is a lot to pray for. Prayer is the conduit through which God gives strength and wisdom. Prayer is necessary. You know, John 15, Jesus says, without me, you can do what? Nothing, right? Nothing. Apart from Jesus, we are weak, we are helpless. And with Jesus, guess what? We're still weak and helpless. <laughs> but the difference is we go to him for the power and the strength that we need. Philippians 4.13, you know very well. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, right? It doesn't say I can do all things through myself. I can do all things through my strength that I muster up. No, I can do all things through Christ. We are human, so we're limited. God is holy. He is a living God, so he's limitless. So we go to him for prayer, seeking him regularly. You know, one pastor said this. He said, God is our source of strength, and prayer is the channel in which God gives his strength. How often do we need his strength? Once a week, once a month? <laughs> Always, every day, all the time. Sometimes hour by hour, Lord, that last hour, thank you for getting me through that. I have three more hours of work right now. I'm exhausted. Some days you just start the day off exhausted. And you're like, why am I exhausted? I got a really good night's sleep. I didn't do anything even yesterday. I'm just tired. 
<laughs> we get tired. We need God's strength to get up and get going and live for what matters. And so a godly perspective is to pray. When you pray, you pray, you think of the eternal, not just the earthly. You think of the supernatural, not just the natural. Prayer really reminds us what life's about. And here's the thing with prayer. Nothing surprises God. He's not like, you want to do what? Like, you know, he's not going to be shocked by you, you speaking to him. And God isn't trying to figure out a solution to your problem. He's not like, well, let me think about that. You know, like, he already knows. And the beautiful thing is he wants to help. God will keep the enemy at bay as we seek him. You know, he is our protector from temptation leading to sin. So in order for us to be victorious rather than victims, we must come to the end of ourselves and surrender to the Lord. So prayer is an expression of that. At the end of ourselves, surrender happens, and that's the best place to be. So listening in prayer, too. Listening is important, and we kind of uh, touched on this last week, right? This world is loud. It's busy. It's chaotic. It's crazy. We get distracted. We get sidetracked all the time in a split second. I mean, the average uh, person gets distracted every three minutes, statistically. Every three minutes, you will get distracted. This is why we must stop and listen for the Lord. Like, He wants to speak to you. He wants to speak to me, but if we're not paying attention, guess what? We're going to miss his voice. And that's the thing. Hebrews 1, 1, and 2. Let me just read that to you again. Hebrews 1, 1, and 2. Hebrews 1, 1, and 2. God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds. <laughs> and so the word states God has spoken to us. He is speaking to us. He wants to continue to speak. That's why I'm so excited in the new year, we're going to go through the Gospel of Luke. And, uh, you know, it's important to, I just read a book this morning that it was like, read the red. <laughs> you know, if you have solar, you know, time with the Lord, read, the, read what Jesus said. And so we have that time. The more time we spend in the Word and prayer, the more we'll actually tune in to His leading, to His guidance, to His direction. There's no doubt that God speaks in many different ways, right? He speaks through situations, open and closed doors. Oftentimes in my life, that's why I, I, He speaks through what is happening, occurring before me. Okay, this is clear, Lord. You don't want me to do that. This is clear. You want me to go this way. You want me to make that, this decision because all the other doors have just slammed shut. And so he makes it clear, he makes things clear through situations. He speaks through, he speaks audibly, that still small voice. Speaks through people. Sometimes God will give someone a word for you, and they won't even know they're giving, you know, God's giving them a word for you. And you're like, wow. You may tell them or may not, but you're just like, Lord, I get it. Sometimes God speaks through, many times, all the time, he speaks through his word. You know, one pastor said, hey, if you want to hear God's voice, read the Bible. If you want to read his voice out, or if you want to hear his voice out loud, Read the Bible out loud. Like, this is God's word to us. It's beautiful. God speaks to us through his word. So here's what we should do when reading the word. Read expectantly. Instead of like, uh, you know, going through school, you know how you have certain classes you just dread? You just don't even want to go there and spend an hour and a half there? Or uh, you're, just, you're just like, I do not want to do this. Well, when it comes to the word, when it comes to hearing God's voice, read expectantly as you're in the word because he wants to speak. 
Expect to hear his voice. Even pray the promises found in Scripture. That's not a bad thing to do. Like our prayer life will be thriving if it's based in God's Word. Read prayerfully. Before reading, pray. During you know, reading of the Word, pray. Afterwards, pray throughout the day. Lord, use this Word in my life and someone else's life, both. Just use your Word to accomplish your purposes. Read prayerfully. Because it's a battle. Life is not... Someone said this, I don't know who, I didn't look it up, but life is not a playground, it is a battleground. And prayer is where God's will is done and souls are saved. It's where we're solidified in our walk with the Lord. You know, the Christian life, it's not easy. It's not easy. It can be incredibly difficult. It doesn't, you know, being a believer doesn't exempt you from all problems and difficulties and hardships. You guys know that, right? It doesn't. You still have stuff going on. There's always unexpected Things that happen. Well, listen to Ephesians. Ephesians 6.12. Ephesians 6.12 says this. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Our weapons in this life are God's word, prayer, and fasting. Satan's way is tempting. He wants us to be self-focused, self-centered, self-absorbed, and sinful. The devil is terrified of prayer because God's purpose, they actually get accomplished. God's purposes get accomplished through prayer. So it's a good thing to terrify the devil. Keep seeking God. Pray often. So we see the purpose of prayer. Now we're going to see the plan and the promise, so the plan. Make God's will and way the focus of your prayers. Be persistent. Be consistent. You know, how many times have you started something and not finished it? You know, I, the other day I got this little saw. It was like, it was, like, was kind of like a little kid's toy almost, but it's like a chainsaw. It's this big. It just has a hand thing. And I just got it to like, oh, that looks cool, just to, to cut branches off, right? It's definitely not manly. Um, so I was like, I'm going to use this. Yeah. And so I, I cut this tree off, tree off in my backyard because one of the storms kind of knocked it over and it died. And so I cut it with a handsaw like a couple months ago. But then I got this thing to like cut the rest of the um, stump out, you know. And right when I started, I was like, it was like a little toy, you know, and then the chain like came off. I'm like, are you serious? And so I spent an hour trying to take it apart and put this chain back on. And finally, I thought I got it. And I went out there and I was, and it's just, I think I broke it. I'm gonna have to return it to Amazon. I don't know. But it's just, it was not working. And so I was trying to be persistent, but you know, I was, I was, using, I was using the wrong tool. I should have just bought a, a man's chainsaw, right? But, but it, it, it broke. And so I'm like, man, we can be persistent in a lot of things, but when it comes to the Word, when it comes to the spiritual, that's the most important thing to be persistent and consistent in. And that's the thing, like pr- prayers, God has His will already. He knows everything. He's literally a know-it-all. He's all-knowing, right? He's omniscient. So prayer isn't going to change the mind of God. It's like, oh, you know what? You're right. I'm wrong. Uh, and I'm going to change that. Like, he already knows what's going to happen. He already knows that you're going to seek him and he's going to answer you in that way. God is too loving. Here's a beautiful thing. God is too loving to give you what you want if it's not, or if it's outside of his will and plan. He's too loving to give you what you want if he knows it's going to be bad for you. You might think it's the best thing for you. Like, oh, this is the best thing for me. But God's like, no. You're like, what? 
And then later down the road, you go, thank you, Lord, for not giving me that, for not allowing that to happen. Some of you know like what God wants for your future. And so you know that because you're staying consistent in seeking Him. It brings God's will to the surface. That's what prayer does. Prayer doesn't change God's purposes, but it does change something. What does it change? It changes us, right? It changes our hearts. It helps us to become more dependent. It helps us to be totally dependent on Jesus and, and connect to foster our relationship with the Father. It gives us God's strength to fight with as well. The power of prayer is greater you know, and stronger than Satan's power. So we can be specific in prayer. You know, one lady, uh, she was a new believer. Years ago, uh, she was, we were in a prayer meeting, and she just started praying. Like, like she didn't really know that, that much you know, of the Bible yet or theology or whatever. And she's like, Lord, save the whole world. You know, and it's a good, it's a good prayer. Like, save everyone. Save everyone's soul, you know. And she was even, you know, continuing in prayer. And she's like, Lord, and, and save Satan. And, and she didn't know. She had, she had the right heart, but she didn't know the word of God. And so we, we want to make sure we are specific in prayer. You know, like pray for all of them, but, but be specific. I know it is labor. It's labor to seek God to intercede for others, but be specific in prayer. Lord, I don't know what to do about this certain situation. It's killing me. It's hurting me. It's difficult. Lord, help me. Please give me the answers. Give me wisdom. Pray with assurance. Now, I've mentioned this before, but one of the reasons why our oldest daughter, Hannah, she's eight years old, used to always have nightmares and came out, and I, I would always say, pray. I, I prayed for her, but then I was like, you pray also, Hannah. And she's like, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. I was like, we got to pray with faith. Pray believing that you're protected. Pray believing that you're going to be okay. Pray believing that God is protecting you, like right now. Pray with faith. Pray with assurance. And pray often. Don't let, day, don't let the day go, days go by without seeking the only one who, who can truly help. So I want to look at some prayers of the early church in the book of Acts. If you have your Bibles, we're going to go to the book of Acts, chapter 4. Acts chapter 4. And when we started this church, we went through the whole book of Acts. And uh, it's an amazing picture, scene of the early church, Acts chapter 4. And we're going to look at a few different verses. We're going to see what the early church believers prayed for. Acts chapter 4, verse 24 is the first verse we're going to look at. Look at. Acts 4, 24. It says, so when they heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God who made the heaven and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them. And so when they were threatened, they prayed. When they were threatened, they sought God. And I love how in today's day, God is really kind of like means so, so many different things to so many people. So I love how they differentiated their prayer by being specific. God, the creator of the heavens and the earth. So you knew exactly what God, there are a lot of false gods, there are a lot of gods people worship in today's day, but they specified God of heaven and earth, creator God. Sometimes we have to do that because if you just say God, people have all kinds of different things in their mind. But no, 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 God of the Bible, God of heaven and earth, God, the living God. So when they were threatened, they prayed. And then Acts 4, 29 and 30 says, now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. 
They pray for boldness. How, how many of us know like we need boldness and courage? Some of you are just like naturally courageous, almost too courageous. It's like, you know, your wives have to pull you back, or your husbands have to pull you back, like, slow down, like, huh? okay, I, I understand. We get it. Like, you're bold. Others are just kind of like, I don't want to talk to anyone. This person is asking me, asking me about church. I'm like, yeah, 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 Kevin Chapel, and run away, you know? And so, but we need boldness really to, to speak the things that matter, to preach the word, to share the truth, to be truth tellers, to be reality relayers of the word of God. And so we need boldness. We all need boldness to do that, you know, because it's never the right time. It never feels convenient. It's usually when you're busy running around and all of a sudden, like, someone comes up and some, something happens and they ask you about the Lord or about, and you're just like, do I have to right now, Lord? And the Holy Spirit's like, yeah. Like, okay, pray for boldness. They had to pray for boldness because they were at risk. They were, they were, their lives were on the line here. And then in Acts 4.31, it says, And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. What this shows us is there's, there's power in prayer. Prayer is where the power actually is. And so pray, and when you're threatened, pray. Pray for boldness. Pray because that's where the power is. And so I kind of want to look at the prayer of Jabez now in First Chronicles. First Chronicles. I know I'm a machine gun scripture in it this morning, but First uh, uh, Chronicles 4:10. First Chronicles 4:10. It's a very short prayer. First Chronicles 4:10. First Chronicles 4.10 says, And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed, and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me, and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. Jabez, he wasn't afraid to ask God to bless him. You know, here, here's a fact. We are already blessed. Like, that's something that God spoke to me, like, a year ago. Like, why am I praying for all these future blessings when, God, I'm, I'm in the midst of blessings right now. I'm already blessed in so many ways. I can make a huge laundry list of all the ways that you've blessed me already. We're already in the midst of, of blessings. But he wasn't also, he was not afraid to ask God to bless him. Not for selfish reasons, right? Like, his second request was this, enlarge my territory. Even though the Jews were in uh, the promised land, still the enemy possessed much of the land. They still had possession of most of the land. And this is a good prayer for us. Lord, may, may I possess all that you promised me. Stretch out, you know, stretch my faith. Let my faith in you be strengthened. He prayed that your hand will be upon me. Knowing God goes with us, that his presence is with us, will give us the assurance and the confidence and the comfort that we need. Like, how often are you aware of God's presence in your life? You know, the result of prayer of Jabez was this. God granted him what he requested. So God listens. He answers according to his will. And I, lo I love Hannah's prayer. That's why we named our daughter Hannah. I wanted to name her Hannah. Because I love Hannah's, like, passion and intensity. And she, as she prayed and cried and poured out her heart to the Lord, like, almost like, here's my heart, Lord. Here's what I want so badly, Lord, please. She was so persistent and passionate in prayer. 
in prayer, the posture of our heart matters. Like prayer with an, pray with an attitude of watchfulness. You know, remember the disciples fell asleep? Jesus said, watch and pray. They kept, they kept snoozing, right? Pray with an attitude of thankfulness, Colossians 4.2. Paul was great. Apostle Paul, he, th- he, he thanked God for so many people in so many churches because he, he truly was genuinely thankful for them. And I know you're so thankful for other people in your life, other believers that help you and pray for you and, and you know, lift up Aaron and her, lift up your arms, your hands when, when, when you're weary. So another example of a, a mighty prayer warrior is Nehemiah. Is Nehemiah. So we're going to turn to Nehemiah now, chapter 1. Nehemiah chapter 1. Nehemiah 1. And we're just going to look at a few prayers of Nehemiah. Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 8 and 9. And he says, remember, I pray, the word that you commanded your servant Moses, saying, if you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me and keep my commandments and do them, though some of you were cast out to the farthest part of the heavens, Yes, yet I will gather them from there and bring them to the place which I have chosen as a dwelling for my name. And so Nehemiah, he had a heart for the people. Oftentimes, sometimes we don't have a heart for people. We're like, I definitely don't have a heart for them. Like, I don't even like them. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So during those times, I would say pray that your heart would change because we want to see people as God sees people, not as just an irritation, but as someone who is a lost soul that needs to be saved. That their attitude towards you that's so bad, it's probably because they don't know the Lord. They don't have hope. They don't have help. And so, but Nehemiah, he had a heart for the people, and he saw God for it. Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 1, it says, And it came to pass in the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, when wine was before him, that I took the wine and gave it to the king. Now I had never been sad in his presence before. Therefore the king said to me, Why is your face sad, since you are not sick? This is nothing but sorrow of heart. So I became dreadfully afraid. He was freaked out because he could die by being sad in the king's presence. And he said to the king, may the king live forever. Why should my face not be sad when the city, the place of my father's tombs, lies waste and its gates are burned with fire? He says, then the king said to me, what do you request? And so I pray to the God of heaven. And I said to the king, if it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor in your sight, I ask that you send me to Judah, to the city of my father's tombs, that I may rebuild it. Man, so Nehemiah prayed for favor. Like, he was risking his life right here. He was sad in the king's presence. You can have your head chopped off for that. And so, right there, I love what it says. He didn't bow his head, close his eyes, and pray. So hold on, king. You know, he, but he prayed in his heart as he was speaking, confronting, and talking to the king. Nehemiah prayed for favor and that his fear would, you know, be annihilated. And it, and it was. His prayers were answered. Nehemiah 4.9 says this. Nehemiah 4.9 says, Nevertheless, we made our prayer to our God, and because of them we set a watch against them day and night. So, what we see in this chapter, really, is that the people prayed, but they also took action. I remember there was one college class I had where um, the teacher would always criticize me because he knew I was Christian, uh, but basically, he's like, oh, you Christians just pray. You know, you just pray instead. 
of taking action. You know, to a large extent, maybe he's right about a lot of believers, maybe a lot of churches. You pray, and, but you don't step out. Like, we don't want to be known for that, right? We want to be known as prayer warriors, but we also want to pray and then go out to the battle outside of these doors, right? Because we are the church in here, we are the church out there. It doesn't matter where we are. Like, we are the church. And so we want to pray and take action. And then Nehemiah 6, 9 says, For they, were, they all were trying to make us afraid. They had enemies this whole time. They were trying to make us afraid, saying their hands will be weakened in the work, and it will not be done. And look at what they prayed. Now, therefore, O God, strengthen my hands. It's such a good, simple prayer. But I think a prayer that we probably need to pray pretty often. Lord, strengthen my hands. I'm weak. I can't do this without you. Without you, I'm nothing. I can do nothing. Sometimes God answers fast. Other times he answers, you know, uh, again, like wait. Eliezer, remember, the servant of Abram, was sent to find a wife for Isaac. That prayer was answered immediately. It's like, sweet, there she is. Perfect. Other times, we're waiting and praying so long that we give up or forget what we're even praying for. What was I? I don't even, I don't even know. It's been so long. Abraham waited so long for God to answer his prayer for a son, about 80 years. <laughs> Oftentimes when we're waiting, that's when God is working. We don't like the waiting human from a human standpoint, but eternally, like God knows our, the timing, right? He knows he has the perfect timing. He's working on our hearts, preparing us for the next thing, the next season, the next God-led adventure. It's okay and it's good to wait because, again, God's timing is perfect. And sometimes God says no to our prayers. Jesus prayed in the garden, if it's your will, let this cup, cup of wrath, right, pass from me. God said no because the crucifixion was necessary to forgive and save sinners. You know, Moses prayed because uh, he wanted to enter the promised land. God said no because, Mo remember, Moses misrepresented him. Plus, Joshua was the warrior. He was the one called to take the next step, to go into battle, to lead the men. And so there are four reasons for a no answer. Failure to pray. You just, why, haven't, why hasn't God answered this? Have you prayed for it? No. Like we, we, we ask not because we have not. Unconfessed sin. It breaks communion or connection with God. Asking with the wrong motives. Selfish motive. I want this for me. It's all about me. No, it's all about the Lord. Or you have an unforgiving spirit or heart. Bitterness against others rather than loving those who are difficult. Four reasons for a no answer. And uh, 1 Samuel 12, 20, and 22 and 23, it basically says, I'm running out of time, so I'm just going to kind of, prayerlessness, you know, it's actually a sin not to pray. We don't really in, you know, think of it in terms of that. It's actually a sin not to pray. Prayerlessness stops the work that God wants to do in our lives. God commands us to pray. Prayer is not a suggestion. You know, if you feel like it, if you're feeling, I'm not really feeling the whole prayer thing today, you know, but it's like, no, God, we, we are to pray. God's not like, you know, just go for it if you want. Like, but there are some causes of prayerlessness. Number one, impatience. We ask a couple times, we don't get an answer, we say forget it. Busyness. There's so much to do. Distractions, which are everywhere. Drowsiness. You know, if you, if, you, if you can't sleep at night, if you start praying, you will probably fall asleep. Like, drowsiness. But here are a few solutions to praying, okay? Solutions to praying. Make prayer a daily habit. Be consistent in it. 
You know, uh, pray for your kids. Pray with your wife or your husband. Pray for your family. Make it a normalized prayer. Normalize your prayer life. Make time. You're never going to have time. There's always too much to do. You're never going to have time. So you need to make time. Fight the distractions. Turn off the phone. You know, now they have those little phones that, like, don't, you don't have the internet on them. Right? They even have flip phones now, right? And so it's like you kind of, like, put your phone down with it, and you just, you just use it to just talk. <laughs> and what a good retreat. Fight the distractions. Fight the drowsiness. Find a good time for you to seek the Lord. Maybe not at midnight when you're about to fall asleep. Lord, thank you. And, you know, maybe in the morning, maybe midday, maybe when you have a break at work, but find a good time. Fight the drowsiness. Be real with God. Be honest. Be open. That'll foster our relationship with Him. And lastly, we have the promises. Why pray? Because the greatest, it's the greatest outlet of spiritual power. Prayer, it's actually a privilege that we actually get to talk with God. And we're going to end this at Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18. Matthew 18, 18. Now, this is the context, and in the context, it's confronting someone else about sin, but it really is telling when you just look at these words of Jesus, and it really gives us a little lesson on prayer. In Matthew 18, 18, it says, Assuredly, Jesus says, Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. So pray together to connect, to resolve issues. You can try to talk it out. You ever try to talk something out with someone and all you do is just reignite arguments? Or there's like you start out with one thing, one little stupid just thing. You know, you're like, we're, we're arguing about this. All of a sudden, two hours later, you've pretty much argued about everything that's ever happened in your, in your life and their life, you know? And pretty soon you're just like, we're trying to talk it out, but there's only so much talking can do. But praying is where reconciliation and restoration happens. Praying is where you might never agree on this one issue, right? You know, married couples, you might never agree on this thing, like ever, but you can pray and come together and agree to disagree, but still have love. You know, prayer... <laughs> Prayer does a lot more than talking oftentimes. And, uh, and Jesus also says in Mark eleven twenty two to 24 that we need to, again, pray with faith. Pray believing God's going to answer because he will. It might not be tomorrow. It might not be next week or next year. It might be five years from now. But he's going to answer. He fulfills the promises that he gives. He always does. And then Matthew 26, 39, you know, it's all about God's will. And I would just say this. This is something that I try to do because I... I don't want it to be ever make it about me. I always try to tag all my prayers. Lay it all out before the Lord. Like, like, Lord, this is all my plans. This is all that's going on. But tag it with, your will be done. Your will be done. Like, this is all that's on my heart. This is all that's going on right now. I'm not sure about a lot of this stuff. But here's the plans, you know? Kind of like if you're in the army to lay out a map. Here's the plans. Here's what we're going to do, you know? I lay it all out, but at the same time, Lord, your will be done. This is my plans. You might decide to, like, rip half of it off and say, don't forget that stuff. You don't want to do that. You might want, he might just crumble that up and throw it in the trash and be like, I'm going to rewrite these plans because these are all according to your will. So I would just say tag everything with, Lord, your will be done. Not my will. Your will be done. And that's what we're going to look at next week as we look at the model prayer of Jesus. But God promises so much if we would just pray. 
I don't want to miss out on his promises, on his plan, on his purposes by not praying. You know, so seek God consistently and persistently with a passion, knowing, expecting he's going to answer. Let's pray. Well, Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, for this morning. We just thank you for this time to gather together. We just thank you for the privilege, Lord, uh, just to pray to you, Lord, that you hear our prayers, that you listen, that you care, that you want to heal, that you want to help, that you want to restore, that you want to reconcile. Lord, prayer can do so much more than just trying to talk it out, Lord. Prayer brings us together. And we just thank you for that, Lord. We thank you that you hear us, you're leading us, and you're guiding us, that we would just tap into your wisdom. And we do that through asking and seeking and knocking, Lord. May we be persistent and consistent, Lord, in seeking you always. We just love you so much, Lord. We pray for strength and wisdom this week, Lord. Lead us and guide us. Bring clarity, Lord, to our lives through prayer. In Jesus' name, we all said, amen.